Hey guys, uh, back at you with another podcast. And I got to tell you, man, I got this, uh, I got a dude, I got a dude. It's uh, a pretty powerful, pretty powerful interview, man. Um, my man, Chad here, uh, spent, we well, spent a year in jail and I'm going to leave it at that. Cause he's going to unfold how and why and what's going on in his life now. But I got to tell you, it is a really powerful story about redemption uh, it's a powerful story about identification in your life, responsibility. And we know right now we don't have, we have a culture right now that just doesn't like to take responsibility. We're victims of everything that has either happened to us or happened to other people that we just happen to be associated with. And Chad has got none of that in his life. And it's just a really, really powerful episode to hear from a man that is making great impact and helping men change their lives. So enjoy the show. You're listening to Leading and Living with Impact and Influence, where we walk with leaders to live a life of exceptional impact, influence, and faith. All right, Chad, man. Well, I, uh, I'm excited. Like, uh, I didn't really know too much about you. Uh, you gave me the nice short bio, which I appreciate. It gave me enough to be like, okay, there's something really interesting about this guy. And, uh, you know, your past, man, I got to tell you, it's, uh, it seems like it was very intense. It seems like, uh, you had, I mean, you went through a lot. And so for our audience, uh, just give us, um, give us an idea of like, who was Chad back in the the nineties, man? I mean, you and I are almost the same age. So like, I I know who I was in the nineties. I'm not quite sure I was the most proud of myself (laughs) in the nineties and two (laughs) thousands, but who was Chad back in the nineties and two thousands? Yeah, sure. In the, um, I would say while I was in high school, I was partying a lot, doing a lot of drugs. Yeah. Um, almost failed out of high school. Um, got my shit together and um, got a full academic scholarship to University of Illinois. Um, once I got there, slipped back into my old ways, started mm-hmm. partying again and got kicked out of school. Um, then uh, again, I got into partying a lot of it. I was in the nineties in Chicago. So yeah. really into the, it's almost embarrassing to say this out loud, man, but I was really into the Chicago rave scene. Yeah. The whole get up, big bands, <laughs> all the music, all of that, man. Were you, but yeah, you weren't, exactly. you weren't like this. You you did not look this fit. And by the way, for those of you that are just listening to this, dude, th- this man is a beast. He's a beast of a man. Uh, nice. and, and so, but you told me like, I was no, I wasn't typically this, I wasn't this big back then. Mm. No, no, I was around 200 pounds and okay. wasn't like this. Now I'm 6'2", 265 pounds. Yeah, yeah. solid steel. Pretty lean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit of different of a guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just partied, just partying and drinking a lot, a lot of drugs. Um, and got kicked out of school. Decided I was going to get my act together and uh, join the U.S. Navy. Mm-hmm. Um, and was doing really, really, really well for a bit. Um, got out to San Diego and once there I saw a business opportunity, um, I could start throwing raves in San Diego and throwing parties there and started what goes along with throwing those parties was selling drugs Mm -hmm. and I got caught. Um, it's a shame to say that, but it happened. I got caught and ended up in a military prison uh, with a five year, uh, felony sentence, which was, uh, not too fun. Right. Um, got out of there. Uh, out of Miramar uh, military prison in uh, California and uh, didn't 
know what I was going to do. I tried to get a job at a McDonald's and I got drilled in my head. Like you be honest on your application, tell me you're convicted of a felony. Yeah. So I did. Yeah. And a fucking gas station. Sorry, I curse a bit. Yeah, but a gas good, station dude. wouldn't wouldn't hire me. Yeah. And I was like, what am I going to do? And I basically, I had no choice. I was like, okay, if you want to make it in this world, you're going to have to be an entrepreneur, start a business. Yeah. And I always was good with technology. Uh, I taught myself how to program uh, when I was pretty young. And so I leaned into that, into software engineering. And um, that's what I did. I started a technology company and uh, built that business and ended up selling the first one, which was really, really good. Yeah. Uh, started another one. First time I took venture capital money, mm-hmm. which uh, that was an experience, right? I was young and dumb and took more money than I needed, gave away too, way too much of my company. Yeah. Um, and got a decent bit of cash out of that deal. But uh, after I did that, I fell back into uh, cocaine and champagne, man, yeah. and blew up that life again. It's like I you hit these levels of success and it was like, Nope, you're not allowed to be up here. Yeah. And I would do something to blow up my life to say, you don't deserve to be this in, in this position, which is, uh, it took me a while to work through that, but yeah. Yeah. We, well, we talk it. a lot yeah. about self-sabotage in our lives, right? And yeah. it just seemed like as you, you know, you and I are talking a little bit before we hit the record button, but it was just so much of your life was you'd have some success or you'd make some momentum going forward. And it literally was self-sabotage that put you yeah. back, not just like where you were started, but even further below, below where you were at. Yeah, for sure. For sure. There was a point when I, and after my, um, a little bit further down the line, when I had another big, big piece of success and, and I was determined not to fail again. It was in my head, man, if I fall again, I'm going to end up dead. There's nowhere else you can go from here. Right. Yeah. Like, like rock bottom is, is 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 not going to be great um but yeah it was it definitely had an upper limit problem i kept putting these ceilings on myself what was interesting and i don't know what was happening in my brain i was able to lift that upper limit a little bit higher nudge it up i'm like okay you're worthy you can be up here with these guys a little bit higher each time but i would always blow it up yeah which is uh annoying well you i mean you obviously had a lot of um self-motivation because you continue to propel yourself and you continue to get yourself back up. I mean, you know, I would say, I would think that, you know, selling drugs, you have to be an entrepreneur back then too, right? I mean, you just happened to be doing something that wasn't good and one wasn't healthy, but I mean, you knew how to make money. You knew what it meant to run a business. I mean, you, you intellectually were extremely smart, even if it was in the wrong direction. For sure. Yeah. It's at the time, um, I actually found it, I, I guess I would say I saw these movies growing up. I would say like Scarface, yeah. like Goodfellas, yeah, yeah. like Casino. Yeah. And I'm like, that, that's yeah. what I'm supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be one of those guys. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when I look back at that, I'm like, man, that's ridiculous. Dude. Yeah. What were you thinking? Yeah. It, it was, but it was 18, 19, 20 years old and really, really dumb and really influenced by TV, essentially. Right. And, and, so I found that kind of sexy. This is how you make money. This is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't really lean into the the better ways, the smarter ways. And maybe it was a little bit of always looking for a shortcut, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I see that guy's there. How can I get there faster? Yeah. It, I guess that's the, the, like being intelligent. You're like looking for that. Uh, how can I optimize this? What's yeah. the fastest route? And sometimes it's just, it's, you got to put in the work, man. Sure. 
So growing up, no shortcut. I mean, growing up, I mean, what was home life like? I mean, did you have a, like, did you have a stable household? Did you have a dad? It was home, a mom, like what, what did that look like? Yeah. My parents divorced when I was pretty young. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was around three or four years old. Um, and I spent time, my dad had me, my parents had me when they were young, we were okay. 17 oh, wow. in New York. And I spent time going back and forth from New York and Chicago and, you know, they, they did the best they could at the time. Yeah. Um, they were super young and, and I'm grateful for that. But, uh, it was, you know, a weird situation growing up yeah. when you don't have your parents in the same house. And a lot of people say that that doesn't matter. Um, and you can overcome that stuff, but there's some things that happen when you're that young Sure, and when you see everybody else having mom and dad around it, uh, it just, it affects you in weird yeah. ways. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, there was that and, and yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things, I mean, one of the things that you talked about, um, once again, in our conversation leading up to this is that when you did get clean, you focused so much on your success. You said, I'm not going to get myself in that position again. And at that time you had a, you had a young son at the age of uh, around six years old. Uh, and unfortunately you found yourself as focused as you were, as determined as you were. I mean, you kind of found yourself, uh, unfortunately, kind of leaving behind your your son in this pursuit of fixing you as a man. Yeah. It, I, I, we should take it. It wasn't just a pursuit of fixing me. When mm-hmm. I look at that and reflect on that, I have to be honest with myself. Uh-huh. Um, I, I created again, created this image of what I thought success looks like. Yeah. And you yeah. know what? I'll have time for my son later. Sure. And you know what? And that's when I hear that man saying that out loud, like that's messed up. Yeah. It, it really, really is. Cause I missed so so much time with him and now my boy's angry and he has every right to be he's like man you weren't here dude yeah i really don't want to talk to you you were gone and we needed you and you weren't here for me yeah and that's something that i have to live with and it hurts but it's something i'm working to to get better and repair right it's yeah. just he's at 44 he's 18 we have plenty of time left so yeah i'm determined man yeah i love it dude <laughs> well and it really leads into where you're at today. You know, you're a you're a founder and CEO of a very successful company, uh, and but yeah. really where your passion's at, where your heart is at, is men and uh, coaching yeah. and mentoring men. And so I want the audience to see, like, just through all of this chaos and destruction that you've uh, done in your life, that you've been able to use all of it in order to make a difference in men's lives. And it's not that you're perfect by any means. Now you're still trying to fix things. You're still trying to repair the things that you, that you broke in the past. And we just talked about your son and your relationship with him. I I love the fact that's the thing that you and I have in common is just this, um, just this burden that we have on our hearts of all of these broken men out there that don't have anybody to turn to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really, really enjoy, um, working with guys. Yeah. And, and helping men say like, look, I've messed up in all of these ways. And it's okay if you've messed up too, but that doesn't mean your life's over yeah. just because you've gotten divorced, just because you've gotten divorced twice. It doesn't mean your life's over. Things suck now, but there is a way out and I'm proof, Yeah, right? It doesn't matter that you've been arrested and you have this, this crazy, uh, uh record. Now there's a way out and I'm proof. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's when I talk to people about these, these different things, like, dude, I think it happened right away when we started talking, I live in Canada now, mm-hmm. I'm a convicted felon. That's yeah. not supposed to be possible. Yeah. Right. But we wanted to make this happen. My wife and I wanted to make this happen and we set up our lives so we can get here. We wanted to be here. We wanted to be in BC. 
and and we set up our lives and did what it took for us to get here. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe that if you are determined and willing to work hard enough, it doesn't matter what happened in your past. You can grind it out and get to where you want to be. Yeah. And I love showing that other guys when they see this and they that this is possible and talk them through some of the challenges that I've went through and helping lift them up and, and, and be able to deal with the things that they're dealing with, the different pieces of trauma. Yeah. It's really, really rewarding. Yeah. Well, I think it's really important for us to, to know our past and to really own our past. You know, each of us have got somebody, we, each of us has got something in our past that we regret that we wish we never did. Or if, I mean, I got to tell you, like there's things that, I, and this is kind of controversial when you say this, because there's people that will say, you know, never regret anything you did. I'm like, no, I actually regret some of the stupid stuff I did. Like, like if I would go, if I could go back, I wouldn't do it again, right? I just that was just dumb, yeah. right? And I was listening to um, a, a podcast that Ed Milet had done recently with a gentleman named Damon West, and he, yeah, it's a good one. Oh my gosh, it was awesome, and it really like it kind of reminded me a little bit about yours, your story in the sense of just this being incarcerated and being a felon and then, you know, being and, and having choices to turn your life around, but it wasn't easy and surrounding yourself with good people and creating a new life for yourself and then making greater impact in those that you can lead because you're willing to own your story. Right. So first of yeah. all, I just compliment you on you, on you because we live in a society right now that we all want to be victims hundred percent, you know, percent. And you just, you can't be a victim here. Right. And that's like the, 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 you just can't, man. If you want, there, there was something that, uh, that when I realized it, it was probably the most eye opening and terrifying thing at the same time. And it's that we're not the victims. Everything that's happened to me right now, everything, it doesn't matter what, everything that's happened in my world is because of choices that I yeah. made. Yeah. That is like, what the heck? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's crazy when you think about that and it's so terrifying and like, wow, I did this. Everything here is my fault. And then at the same time, it's like liberating everything here is my fault. That means I can change it. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, it was eye opening for me. It was mind blowing to have that with it subtle realization. Yeah. There's a great, uh, there's a, there's a great warrior poem in the beginning of it says, I will live by choice, not by chance. Right. And when we, when we live by choice is because we were proactive and we were actually initiating the, you know, initiating what we're doing right or wrong. We were still making a choice to go in a certain direction, or at least what we felt was the best direction. You know, it's interesting. I'm going to, I'll be a little vulnerable here. I know that, uh, you know, one of the fears that I've always had is, um, is doing something, to screw up my life so bad that I've, that I won't go to jail. Like, I mean, just like a fear that I had when I was 18 is a fear when I had when I was a young man, like just, you know, whether it's, you know, going out and and having some drinks and, and, uh, getting busted or, you know, getting a car wreck and, and hurting somebody or, you know, texting. And then all of a sudden you lift your head up and somebody's right in front of you and you run them like, you know, those types of things. And I have a fear for that for my children. And so that's something that is always consciously on my mind where I'm praying for is for protection over them and those that they're surrounding themselves with. You know, one thing that I thought was very interesting in Damon West, uh, his, um, in, in his story was just this image of when the verdict came out of just utter despair, right? For you, not that I want to focus on your past, but I just want people to understand the intensity of the moment. 
right? Of all the decisions that you had made that were against you basically, right? Like, what was that like when the judge said that you were sentenced to five years? Um, I didn't think this is interesting is this is also when my first real understanding of gratitude happened shortly after this. Um, I didn't think life could get possibly any worse. I'm like, what is hell did I do to my life? Yeah. I am 19 years old and now I'm going to prison for selling LSD. This is crazy. What did you do, Chad? Yeah. And there was a day and I just I started spiraling, honestly, Josh. I am spiraling down the down this pity party, feeling sorry for myself and hating life and spending time crying and, and just feeling sorry for myself. And there was a moment when I was sitting in my cell and I was flipping through a National Geographic magazine. As I'm flipping through a National Geographic magazine, there's an article, and this was in the 90s. If you remember in the 90s, there was all of this press happening in about Singapore. Mm-hmm. What happens for these small crimes in Singapore, people getting caned, people getting sentenced to death. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, thank God I got caught yeah. doing what I did in the US. Yeah. Because if I was in Singapore, my life would be over. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Like that's it. You're dead. And I was like, okay, guess it, it could be worse. Yeah. You could be in Singapore. And then mm. I that that actually went from this deep feeling of despair and feeling sorry for myself and the big pity party to okay, you're not in Singapore, you get to live. This is going to suck, but let's get through this. Yeah, and make the best of it. Well, and at the age of nineteen, you were in with adults, weren't you? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a <laughs> that had to be I, the, that had to be scary right there, right? A, yeah, it can be. It, it, you know, and adults, I would say, is by age, yes, they were adults. Um, but as I got to spend time with these guys, they they were just big children. Yeah. Okay. And it's, it's the guys that I was locked up with. It's same, similar stories, um, broken, a lot of broken home life. Gotcha. A lot of knowing, showing them how to be a man yeah. and, and how, how men are supposed to act and behave. And a lot of victims, uh, that victim mentality and, and just making a lot of bad choices. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, so, you go through, you go through those, was, did you serve all five years or were you released uh, early? No, I was, I was released early. Okay. I was released early. I only ended up having to serve one year, wow. which was fantastic. Yeah. Um, again, super, super grateful for that. Did you, um, I mean, did you grow a lot at that time? I mean, did you take that time to be, when, once you had like, you know, you sober up of course, and you're, you know, yeah. you're, 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 there's only so many things that you can be focused on. Like, what was it that you were focused on for that year? It was uh, a lot of reading. Okay. Um, uh, I read a lot. I also, it's when I had my first dip into working out and training. Okay. And so I basically trained every single day that yeah. I could get access to the, to the art. Yeah. I was training and training. And, and uh, that's where I started to build this kind of base muscle. And I thought, I was like, okay, this is going to be my life now. Um, I'm never going back to drugs. I'm never going back to alcohol. Yeah. That's just never going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then you taste that little bit of success Yeah, and you yeah. get a little cocky. Yeah. I'm like, I can handle this. It's yeah. just a little bit. Of, it's just a, one glass of wine. 
it's just one glass of champagne, yeah. just a little bit of weed, just a little bit of cocaine. And so again, this might sound crazy to other people, but it's that um, addiction mindset that takes over very, very quickly. Yeah. And it, that's where I have to make that choice. Now I can't, I can't drink alcohol. I cannot consume cannabis yeah. and smoke weed pot. It's just not for me. Yeah. I have to straighten sober. Yeah. And I, I applaud you for that, man. I mean, that is an awesome thing. And obviously your life has proven how great it can be when you make decisions for you. Right. Yeah. So you, you make this complete transition. I think a lot of people want to know, I mean, I, I, I love this. I'd love to know, like, how do you, how do you go from almost, you know, this despair, you don't really know what you're going to do with your life. I've screwed up. I could be a victim, but I don't want to be the victim. Like, what is it that, I, I know the point that turned it around, but like, what are the specific things that you do or that you notice that men need to do um, in order to turn those the, the life around? Yeah. The, the first thing for me, and it sounds really simple, and uh, is I like to tell people, get control of what you're putting in your mouth. Okay. And it's, they're like, wait, what? I don't want to be Jack Chad. I, I just want to have a normal life. Yeah. But in my view, the first step to self-mastery is mastering what you're putting in your body you start mastering what you're putting in your body then and a lot of people think i'm absolutely insane but it works for me i get up at 2 30 in the morning mm -hmm. get up early mm -hmm. um and it may it doesn't need to be 2 30 but get up before everybody else is up and then start t spending time thinking about taking care of yourself yeah that's when you go to the gym it's, and this is especially important if you have a family because that that you want to have that preserve that time with your kids, with your wife. Um, so when else are you going to do this, right? So if you get up while they're still asleep, it gives you that time, that hour, two, three hours by yourself to reflect, journal, meditate, pray, and yeah. get in the gym and start doing some hard stuff. Yeah. And one of the things you talk about. So go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. It's just movement, man. Yeah. And that, that's yeah. The, the biggest thing. Like, 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 just get up, do it. Yeah. Well, one of the, you, you said, uh, offline or, you know, off the recording here before we, we, uh, we started, I loved it. You said, you know, like we, every, every man needs to become a Renaissance man. I'd love for yeah. you to unpack that. Like, what does that mean to you? Yeah. Um, we're in my view, um, and this does upset some people. So I'm, again, oh. I'm not going to apologize. Don't worry. We don't offend anybody. We offend everybody. <laughs> yeah, great. In, in my, in my view, a man is supposed to be strong and yeah. you're supposed to be strong. Yeah. A man is supposed to be capable of violence. Yeah. A man is supposed to be loving. A man is supposed to be in touch with his emotions. Yeah. A man is supposed to be humble. A man is supposed to read and not consume a bunch of television. A man is supposed to be artistic, whether that be drawing or writing or playing music, right? A man is supposed to be humble. And it's this well-rounded um, man. Like we're, we're, we have all of these capabilities in us. And sure, you might be better at some things or the other, but sure. getting good at all of that. Like I play the piano. I'm not the greatest piano player in the world, but that outlet of like putting my fingers on the keyboard and playing the piano is it's two things happen for me. I, you, it's, you see that progression. You can actually hear yourself getting better when you stick to mm. it. It's like very much in your face. Yeah. Right. Like I used to not be able to play this piece. Now I can play it. Yeah. Crazy. Um, it, 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 it so yeah, it's, it's a, that Renaissance man being well-rounded Yeah. and, and, 
I look at guys like Benjamin Franklin. I love Benjamin Franklin. He's just like, man, you look about what he has done, what he did with his life. Without a doubt. Um, yeah. It, it, it's, it's mind bending. And this is not in the Renaissance, but you look at all of these other men during these different periods of history where you're like, wow, look yeah. how much they accomplished. They didn't even yeah. live that long. It's yeah. crazy. Well, they were, so, I mean, they were doing this. They were starting these things at, at the age of 14, at the age of 15. Yeah. These guys were doing things that men that, that are 35 won't even try to do an attempt, right? I mean, they grew up so fast because of the the way that their culture was at that time. But I mean, yeah, it's, it is unbelievable what they were able to accomplish in their short lifetime. Yeah, it, it really, it really, really is. Um, and, and so, like, I, I look at these guys, and, and and there's a few other kind of points that I look at when I'm like, they're supposed to be over to to overcome suffering and pain, and kind of have this level of grit, not complain about stuff, yeah, um, and just kind of empower through these things, and again, be genuine and honest with people. And I look at like these there's these examples of men throughout history, and I'm always this guy who's, and maybe it's the technologist in me or just the entrepreneur in me. When I see hear things like, well. Someone invented a cell phone. Yeah. Some we were able to put people on the moon. And there's other examples of men living like this throughout history. So why can't I? Why mm-hmm. can't more of us mm-hmm. if other people can do it? There's no reason why anyone can't if you're determined to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen yeah. to that, man. When I love it, I what you're talking about is really helping a man become three-dimensional. And I yeah. know that one of the challenges that, uh, that I face when I was growing up was just watching one, one dimensional, two dimensional guys, right? Really good in one area of their life, but a complete train wreck in these other areas, or maybe they mastered, yeah. or maybe they're really good in two of them, but then their physical world was just a train wreck. And you're just like, how can I respect that? Because I've just like you, I believe that men are capable of so much more than what they're doing in their lives right now. And we thrive on that. We thrive on expectations. We as men thrive on having responsibility, right? Having responsibility in our life makes us feel important. It helps us build our legacy which that's what every man yeah. wants to do. That's why we have families. That's why we have kids, right? That we're building the next generation and we want them to inherit our great qualities that we have hopefully honed, right? So I love what you're doing. Right now, You, uh, I, I love too that you struggle with, I'm really, really good at technology. Like I could just go, you know, you've, you've got a tremendously successful company that you're running right now, but your heart and your passion is men. And there's yeah. that there's that balance that we all have to face when we know that we're gifted in one area, but we also identify this other area that we feel like we're being called to. So I, I love the the struggle that you're going through, and I know that you're still walking through that as you're mentoring more and more men in your life. Yeah, it, it, it is. And I think we shared this a little bit before we started recording, but uh, the other day when my wife, I walked out of the, my office and I was like we have a problem it's just what's that and I'm like I, I i think this is what i'm supposed to be doing it just it feels so good see and again i'm talking about it yeah. josh and i'm getting goosebumps as i'm talking about yeah. it it just gives me the chills and i get so excited it's just it, being able to see guys that have been through men that have been through the situation similar to mine and and helping them see that there is a path it's yeah. it's it's so rewarding yeah. it really is it, and one thing i do want to circle back to this being well-rounded, as you were saying, and being one-dimensional. It's these labels, right? Like people look at me and they're like, you're not, you're too jacked to be a software engineer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. why? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. like, why does that matter? 
right? I, I, I'm not a fan of labels. Like, yeah. why can't I play the piano and be jacked? Or why can't I be smart and be jacked? Yeah. Or just because I'm built like this doesn't mean I don't love deeply. Yeah. Um, it's just all of these labels that we get put on uh, on men that we're, we, I have to be strong and this is who I am. Yeah. And I, just because I am this, it doesn't mean I can't love my wife or love my daughter. And it's, yeah, it's not, that's not the reality, man. We well, and for, and for like guys like time. yourself, because guys like yourself that really do care so much, I mean, like, and I care about my body. I care, I'm fit. I do things intentionally so that I'm doing hard things on a regular basis. But when, when when the physique is like yourselves right now, I think it's very easy for people to pass judgment and say, well, he's got to be a meathead. He's got to be in the gym eight hours a day. He's probably a really angry dude. He's probably taking testosterone. You know, like all of the, like we go through this, this natural progression of already passing judgment, like you said, labels on yeah. people. And that's just one example of it, right? That's one example of somebody that truly is working on every aspect of their life, a Renaissance man, as you say. But how many are on the other side too, where we pass judgment on on men or on women because of their outward appearance? And it's so far from reality. It's so far from yeah. really the truth of them, but we don't ever take the time to understand and uh, and know who they are and uh, really get to the heart of who that person is and what they're trying to become. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You see that quite a bit here in yeah. society today. And that's... I. I why I enjoy doing this, what I'm doing on Instagram yeah. so, so much, because yeah. it is a little bit of a paradox. And when I get these comments and, uh, where people are like, Oh, you must be a trainer. I'm like, no, I just like helping dudes right. uh, get fit. Yeah. And that's what I can do on Instagram. Well, and now that you're a, Can <laughs> now that you're a Canadian, there's always judgment on Canadians too, by the way. So, <laughs> you, know, oh, yeah. it's like, you know, and I, and I just, but I, I mean, really to think about that now that I say that a little bit more out loud, it's, that, I think that's one of the issues that we have as a culture right now is that there's so much division because you're either red or you're blue or you're left or you're right. And you're just like these extremists. It's like, let's have a conversation because I guarantee you, you and I have more in common than we do, yeah. than we don't, right? A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. And I think that that's, it's interesting. Like I, I'm a big fan of Ray Dalio in his um, latest book, um, The Principles for the Changing World Order. Mm. And it seems to be so polarizing. There's all of this news that's like trying to feed into this polarization that's yeah. happening. And yeah. like, and just have a conversation with people, yeah. right? Like, it doesn't really, it, like, what are you, what are you, what are the things that you're, you share in common? Yeah. And then for the things that you don't share in common, that's where stuff is supposed to be fun. Yeah. Let's have a debate about it. Yes. Let's see if I can get you to my side. You can try to get me to your side. Let's have a fun debate about this. Yeah. Right. Not like I'm not going to talk to you ever again because you voted for this guy or that guy. Right. Like, come on, man. Yeah. It's, uh, let's but have these healthy debates. Yeah. Well, and we were never meant to. One. As a human species, we were never meant to take this much information and from all of these corners. Right. I mean, it's like, you, you know, you, you want to be a. Um, you want to be an expert in immigration. Okay, fantastic. Well, then you want to be an expert on uh, women's rights. Okay, great. But then like you're getting hit by 75 other things that are very important, but we were never meant to know everything about everything. That was not like in our psyche, yeah. that's not a healthy thing for us to have to go through. If you look at past generations, literally, like especially, I mean, you look a hundred years ago, there was a there was a 500 mile radius 
And that like, nobody knew anything that was going on around them outside those 500 <laughs> miles, just cause you couldn't yeah. get there or it took days to get there. Right. Jeez. So it was a yeah. healthy thing for us. And like you said, with arguments and having great conversations, Benjamin Franklin, man, those guys had epic, epic arguments. I mean, talk about yeah. these scholars just going back and forth with each other. But at the same point, when they were done with that, they'd go have a beer together. Together. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, 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 one of the things that uh, I guess I, I look at or take in consideration, and I remember this growing up, right? We were all watching the same news. Yeah. You flip on the TV yeah. and the news is on. Yeah. Every channel is showing the same damn thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. Someone's putting, maybe someone said it first, but every channel, all three of them, saying the same damn thing. Yeah. And it was just, that's just the news. And now you can have it like, so customized and tailored to you, right? Where you're not getting any other opinions. It's not just the news anymore. It's pulling you down this cycle of confirming belief. Yep. It's just, so I'm going to get off that soapbox, but uh, yeah. it, it's very, very different, right? Yeah. I think the first time I heard it is when there was like, uh, I can't remember who the president was, but it was in the, I can't remember who the president was, but the first time I heard it was either the Republican or the Democratic response to the presidential address. The sure. first time I heard one, I was like, what is this nonsense? Yeah. It's the president, man. We're all Americans. This yeah. is weird. Yeah. Why is there another party having a response to the state of the union? Yes. Yeah. It's just, it didn't make sense to me. Well, and it's all to me, it's all, and it's already pre-canned by the way, like it's all written out. You wouldn't yeah. even listen to the speeches. You're like, you've already got a pre-canned response to something that you haven't even heard yet. Dude. If that's not confirmation bias, yeah. I don't know what is, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, well, I know yeah. we can go down this rabbit hole and I don't want to do that because we've made such yeah. great positive things. And I know you're doing such um, unbelievable things with men and making a great impact in their world. How do people follow you? Uh, what's the best way to connect with you for a guy or just, I mean, even as a female, like I know that you do a lot of social media and you put yourself out there and you, you really help people grow yeah. on a daily basis. Sure. Uh, my website, that's chatagati.com. Uh, it's uh, C-H-A-D-A-G-A-T-E.com. And then uh, Chad underscore Agate on Instagram. Instagram. Awesome, man. I love it, dude. Well, I tell you what, man, I really appreciate you uh, being vulnerable. I think that's a key thing for really good leaders to be vulnerable. Talk about those things that they've done in the past, things and lessons that they've learned. And that the fact that you've just built on that, that you've improved that, and you are really, truly a Renaissance man now. So love what you're doing, awesome. buddy. Thanks so much, Josh. Yeah, my pleasure. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Hey, listen, you know, the, uh, you know, it doesn't cost anything to listen to this thing. So the only admission that you pay on this is so that you forward this on to somebody who, who needs to hear this message. Chad has got an unbelievable story. And I know that there's somebody, I know there's somebody out there in your world that needs to hear this. That's going to give him a ray of light, a ray of hope, and maybe even an opportunity to connect with him so that he can help make an impact in their life. Love y'all. We'll talk to you soon.